Views expressed on the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile. We are coming to you live to bring you stories of people like you and me who are busting through to their unlimited possibilities. Right about now, you may be asking, what is crust? Crust is what keeps you stuck. It is anything you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And, uh, oh, I am I am so excited about today's show, Benny. I am absolutely excited about today's show. And for those of you that have gotten my um, email listing, my new, and, and for those of you that don't know that you can have a preview on uh, the, the upcoming shows, um, you can very easily. Uh, just go to my website, www.crustbusting.com, and then just sign into you know the email sign-up thing, and you'll get our weekly uh, newsletter that comes out announcing the shows, upcoming events, things that are coming into town, and we'll be expanding that and if you if you've received that then you know that you um, are about to experience something unbelievable today with our guest Dr. Margaret Wheatley and uh, you also know that I have shared a little bit about the story of how a brief conversation with this amazing individual changed my life several years ago at Antioch University and when Dr. Wheatley was uh, was doing a presentation had done a talk there and I waited in line, really kind of all scared and stiff, you know, because I was a little shaky back then in my life. I wasn't really sure. I had one foot in the dream and the other foot out of the dream. Uh, not really sure what was happening. I just finished my Ph.D. And, you know, I was kind of like, you know, you know, I really want to go in this direction. But I'm a little scared. And I waited in line until the very end of that presentation. And most people had gone ahead of me. And I had second thoughts about, you know, having a conversation with an individual that I admired for a very long period of time. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I had taught and developed classes on her book, Leadership in the New Science, which sold over 300,000 copies. And so I waited and waited and waited in line and finally got up there. My eyes kind of filled with water and, you know, wasn't sure what I wanted to say. But in that moment, I had an opportunity to say, you know, this is where I am in my life. This is what, you know, I want to do. This is the book I want to write. I'm not sure I have the courage to do it. I'm not sure if people will read it. And, you know, she looked at me uh, after a very long day and a very long evening and said to me and asked me this question, what does your heart, what is your heart telling you to do? You know, what do you feel in your heart? And in that moment, you know, I could feel my eyes just starting to fill up again. You know, I'm starting to fill up now thinking about it, actually. Gosh, I have these moments, don't I, Benny? Mm-hmm. They're good moments. They though. are good moments. It's a refreshing moment. And what she said to me was, follow your heart. And this is a woman, Dr. Margaret Wheatley, who has clearly done that. And we're here today with her uh, in a very special uh, broadcast. I'm thrilled to be having this show today. And we're getting ready to talk about a book that is absolutely amazing to me. You know, there are many books that you can buy that will give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit here and there. This book is called Finding Our Way, Leadership for an Uncertain Time. And it is filled with, I believe, you know, a culmination of all of the work that she has done, her stories, things that she has learned in the past 10 years or so. And um, we're going to be talking about this book, but it really has everything that one needs to take your life and live it full out. So thank you so much for joining the show today, Dr. Wheatley. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us. Well, I'm really happy to be here, and uh, I love hearing your story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, sometimes we need people just to be right in front of us, don't we? Just to give us that one word or two of encouragement so that we can truly just step out. Yeah, you know, that's what I was thinking as you were relaying the story. It, this is something we can all do for each other. When you're just willing to offer a little support or a clarifying question, and r- rather than launching into, 
oh, yeah, you should write a book, and here's the name of a publicist, <laughs> and I could get you an editor. I mean, to just be with people. We, we all have this great capacity. If we could just listen to people and not try and interfere or advise, but maybe just, you know, say just the right simple thing in that moment. And you did that for me, and I and I really I want to thank you in front of you know the thousands of people that listen to the show. Uh, I want to thank you for a lot of things, but for me in that moment for giving me the courage to really take this out. And as a result of that, that brief minute in time, it really was a brief moment in time. And I know that you have these moments with everybody, you know, with hundreds of people that you come in contact with. But it's that brief moment in time that allowed me to create this concept called crust busting which is my show, and crust represents anything you think, feel, or believe that stops you from living life full out. And, you know, in writing the book, which is, uh, you know, uh, on the table to come out this uh, summer, and so many other things, and I want to thank you for that. You're welcome, but I just want to reinforce that we can all do that for each other as long as we don't get too... Advicey. <laughs> advicey. I have some friends that get real advicey. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you right. do well, as well. You know, yeah. Well, you know, what I want to ask you, and this is a question that I ask each and every one of the my guests, the people that come on the show, and actually you've dedicated a, a section of your book on it. Um, here we are, you know, in the world, bringing our gifts out there, living our dream. And, you know, you have this fabulous new book, just an amazing book. And um, I, I want to ask you, uh, what are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles that you have uh, faced and you have had to overcome and move beyond to bring you to this very moment? Well, I think... Um I recently met someone who changed my life. <laughs> she reminded <laughs> me of the conversation that happened in, like, uh, probably 1994, in which um, I had written Leadership in the New Science had been out for two years, and in that book I basically am, you know, explaining how what we're learning about the world, how life works, the universe, in the new sciences is very pertinent to how we live our lives together and how we form community and how we create organizations. But I was very much presenting the message of how to be together and who we are. I was presenting it through the lens of science. And this woman came up to me and she said, you know, this is an essentially spiritual message. When are you going to say that? And I realized when she asked me that I couldn't say it then, that I still needed the credibility that science offers, the, the door opening um, that science offers. Um, but over the years, what I've become clear about is that the voice that I'm raising is about the human spirit. It's not about spirituality. It's about the fact that human beings have these wonderful spirits and we're barely using them. And the way we're organizing actually deadens us and, and diminishes our contribution and our creativity. All the great things that we want to be doing together get diminished or destroyed by the way we organize together. And so my challenge has been over the years to represent, to give voice to, um, as clearly as I could, in a, a message that is sometimes called too optimistic, too Pollyannish, too feminine, too... Uh, fuzzy to whatever, you know, any slander will do here, any slam will do, but it's basically to to keep my voice clear that we, we need to rely on the human spirit and we need to understand how we are being fragmented from each other and divorced from our own best natures during this very difficult time and that we really need to rely on human goodness. You know, I'm so glad you said that because, and I know that you must have people in in your circle or at least people that you know that have tried to coach you one way or the other, you know, to say, well, All those advice oh, if you do this, then, you know, people are going to think about you like this. And if you right. do that, and boy, you know, if you write a book like that, you're certainly not going to get anybody to read it. That's right. And, you know, what you said to me was so uh, profound and life-changing, and that is from the heart. How do you 
how do you, uh, Meg Wheatley, how do you connect with your heart, with your soul? Well, I really like the Sanskrit word chitta, which is heart-mind. And so we see from that ancient tradition of India and um, that region of the world that they never got into this crazy separation of heart and mind, mm. of, you know, from being, from doing. I mean, I, I think we are so disintegrated at this point, and we think, well, how do I move into my heart? How do I move out of my head? But in this word, chitta, heart-mind is located at the heart. Uh-huh. But we realize that that's where we have the capacity to actually discern and know and be wise as well. And so a long time ago, I just gave up even making any distinction between um, thinking and feeling, because I know it's all me. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, um, but I do learn, I have learned over the years to trust my intuition, to trust that if I notice something, I should probably stay with it. Um, I have a strong... Um, a reflective practice. I spend a lot of time thinking, and I spend a good deal of time meditating now and trying to maintain peace and openness. And um, the one thing about our hearts is that it's where our courage comes from. You, if you follow your head, if you follow your analytic brain, um, you will never act courageously. You will never take leaps. You know, that's the cautious side, the ana. I know, Analytic tell me. side of us just yeah. tells us, well, I don't think you should try that. Or, you know, <laughs> all those voices that you brought into this conversation, which you just nailed exactly on the head. You know, people say, well, if you write that, they'll say this about you and stuff. And I, I, got, I got called a lunatic. I <laughs> yes. recently did a workshop which someone said was wonderful. It was so weird, you know. And, <laughs> and you have to really uh, know and and follow i mean following your heart is also following the source where you'll find your courage because the word for courage comes from the french word for heart and as i've reflected on that word i've realized that you never think your way into courage you can only you know have your heart open and you respond to it and looking back you realize you didn't have a choice you know so all of our energy for doing things in the world, for doing good things in the world, comes from our heart or our heart-mind. And um, so I think we just, we limit ourselves so much. It's another one of the ways we diminish ourselves to think we can analyze and plan our way into great work. Yes, I love the old exercise that I know that, uh, you know, I can, I can hear my dad's voice now. I don't know if you've had this experience. Okay, honey, you're stuck. Okay, get a piece of paper. Right. All right, on the left-hand side, write down the pros. Okay, on the right-hand side, write down the cons. That's right. And I've done that a million times, and, uh, and I've always taken the piece of paper, thrown it away. Yep, and been it, fairly depressed. I, it's right? real, yes. It takes and, away all our energy to do that. It does because the bottom line is, before you do the list, you know what your heart is saying. Yeah. I mean, we know, and you know, it's really interesting. I pull a card every day on the show, and you know, folks that listen to the show, and, and by the way, we have the uh, most amazing people that tune into this show. They actually uplift and inspire me every day. Uh, they come on the air, they tell their stories, they bring their questions, and we'll open up the phone lines today. But they are fabulous. This is an amazing uh, group of people. But the card today that I pulled, this is, there are no mistakes, are there? Right. I trust that my inner guidance will lead me to my dreams. That's the card that I pull out of a deck of cards here. Guidance often comes into your life in the form of an idea or a, or a gut feeling. Trust your hunches and intuitions. They will lead you in the direction of your dreams. How did you come up with the inspiration to put the book together? And the book that we're talking about, for those of you that have just tuned in, we're talking with Dr. Margaret Wheatley. We're talking about this new book, Finding Our Way, Leadership for an Uncertain Time. And, you know, and we'll talk about the details of the book in a minute, but what inspired you? What called you to this well, service? Well, what inspired me is that I realized over the years I'd written 
and commented on a lot of things and been, you know, published in a lot of different magazines and journals and that nobody knew about them necessarily. People knew my books, but they didn't know my articles. And I, in, and I was also inspired to, to put these together when I realized how much my own voice had changed, how much uh, I had changed in what I chose to focus on and that as the times had become more difficult, more paradoxical, more uh, complex and uncertain, that I was shifting um, in how I was trying to convey things to people. So, for example, I switched um, a few years ago to realizing that poetry um, was the way that I could, is the only way I could capture the complexity and the paradox of what I was experiencing mm-hmm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always loved poetry, uh, but um, and then I was writing more essays that commented on our children and on society and on our personal behavior. So I had shifted over the years from being someone who looked at organizations and I understand them quite well, um, and had worked as a consultant for over 30 years. So I had started by writing about how we could apply this this new set of eyes that we get from noticing how life organizes. I had worked very hard and written a lot of very practical pieces on how we could apply what is known as living systems theory or the new biology to to our lives together in community, family, and organizations. But then as the times have gotten more and more complex and uncertain, um, I was quite intrigued to look at how I had shifted and really shifted from focusing on organizations to focusing on personal responsibility, personal courage, personal um, behavior and actions um, that we can do, we need to do with others, but, you know, the great need for many more of us to, to wake up here and notice that we need to take action. Um, So I was very inspired to look at how I had changed as I'd been out in the world working and then writing about it. So it started in that way, and then I ended up weaving things together. So I think it's really a coherent book. It's not a collection, but it's one it's one work. It, it's a fabulous book. And I would, I would just like to share a little bit with our, our, our great people that listen to the show. Uh, and here, here's what you'll find in the, in the book, which is really amazing. Um, you, you, you begin with a discussion of there being a simpler way. And we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. And, and there's a question that I will ask you about the new story. And then, you know, I love what you say about leadership. And you call it, we make the road by walking. And, uh, and, and that is an invitation to how we, you know, can manage or be leaders in the most, you know, horrific of times, in the turbulent times. And then, you know, what I love is uh, about the way you share of getting past obstacles. And this, you say this, this is where the road gets hard. This is where a lot of people will throw the towel in, so to speak. Um, and then you share your own footsteps and, you know, attending to our footsteps and talking about uh, listening and what, does it mean, what it means to listen and many, many other things. I mean, the, really, in reading this book, it really was a journey for me. And, you know, there were checkpoints all along the way. What do you think is the greatest challenge we face today? To be the to be leaders, whether it be the leader of your family, the leader of a country, or the leader of an organization, or a supervisor leading many people, what is the greatest challenge? Well, I think the greatest challenge is something that I wrote about in my an earlier book called "Turning to One Another," which is just a yes. simple statement that reality doesn't change itself. <laughs> we need to act, mm-hmm. and I think the greatest challenge we're facing right now is that too many of us are just going along with what's happening. And we may be disturbed, we may be upset, but we're withdrawing rather than entering into the kind of um, relationships with our community, with our family, and at our workplaces, the kinds of relationships that would change us, that would change things. And um, 
I think for me the most I just wrote a poem called I Want to Be a Ukrainian um, in which I've just been so impressed by what the Ukrainians modeled for us last winter standing in the streets for weeks insisting on the government that they wanted absolutely they needed Mm -hmm. and um and being happy about it, you know, being joyful to be out in in a blizzard <laughs> uh, because you're standing there for what you know you need in order to live the life that you know is healthy for you and and feeds your your human spirit. So I just I'm alarmed at how many of us are withdrawing, and then I'm I'm also um, aware from living and working in a lot of other cultures that in America we're particularly paralyzed by our comforts and by our need not to rock the boat too much because we still want everything we already have. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're really imprisoned by our, our status and our objects, and we're very poor in that way. Um, so that I now understand why Mother Teresa said the greatest poverty she experienced was in the United States. Because we we don't really know the great richness and the joy that's available to us when we're working together with other people. And one of the things I have discovered over the years is that even in the worst circumstances, people find joy in being together. I've just seen this over and over again. And then I look in my own country and I just see us retreating from each other and suffering greatly and feeling lonely, feeling lost, feeling purposeless, but not realizing that the solution is to get out and to come together with other human beings to work for things that we care about. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because, you know, it's been hard for me to get an understanding of the dynamic that's been going on. I mean, it's been very difficult to 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 sort of explain. And you've you've explained it, you know, unbelievably uh, in in a very touching way, because at the same time, you know, for the for the folks that I come in contact with and certainly the people on the that 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 listen to the show, there is a growing desire to have more wisdom circles. As a matter of fact, I was down and I did a talk in Olympia Sunday. And as I did the talk, one of the people came up to me afterwards and and commented on the talk and how I, you know, included audience participation in a church. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, one of those where you actually in church and and you're having like a workshop right. and um you know and she started to talk about the circles she's forming and i said you know i met you know you're doing the work that was described in dr wheatley's book and she says oh absolutely and we started to talk about the need for how the com- you know the book you wrote in conversations how that book has grown into a yearning for people and and actually a guide for people to bring other people together um the question that i would ask is if if we have listeners out there that have this desire what would you say to them to get started well Especially in the Seattle area, you have so many resources. Um, you know, Seattle is where Vicki Robbins gave birth to uh, Let's Talk America and Cafe Circles. It's where Christina Baldwin, um, you know, who taught me everything I knew about creating circles. I mean, she lives on, on Whidbey Island. And... Um, there's just been a lot of activity in the Seattle area over the years to create, to come together in conversations. And uh, you're probably one of the richest places in, in the United States for that kind of skill, skillfulness at knowing how to gather together. We've The Burkana Institute, which I've been president of, has a a great presence in Seattle where we've hosted ongoing conversation circles where people could really talk about what are the things that they want to step up to, what are the things going on in their communities or organizations that um, they're interested in changing, you know, so they're willing to step forward. I mean, 
the important definition of leader and leadership for me is that it's the one we use at Burkana, is that a leader is anyone who's willing to help. Mm-hmm. Anyone who sees something wrong mm-hmm. or that needs to change and says, okay, I'm going to do it. Sometimes they don't even say, okay, I'm going to do it. They just do it, you know, because <laughs> they can't help themselves. But um, my own institute, Burkana, has had uh, quite a number of circles going in Seattle under our program. It's called From the Four Directions. And if you were, anyone was interested in that, they could just go to burkana.org, B-E-R-K-A-N-A.org. It's fabulous. It's absolutely wonderful. I mean, that's, you know, uh, another way that you are bringing people together. Now, you're going to be in Seattle. I'm going to be in Seattle this afternoon. I know. As long as I don't miss my plane by this call. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were actually trying to get you in the studio, but it just didn't work out. This is, you know, this is this right. is fabulous it's just to be able to have you on here. Now, tell tell us where you're going to be today. Well, I'm going to be at an evening event that is co-convened by the Whitby Institute and the Burkana Institute. And uh, I could find the location for you in a moment, <laughs> but it's an evening event. We're already It's over. at the REI, right? Okay. Uh, I think that's tomorrow. So okay. Well, maybe. But it's oversubscribed at this point, so this is just information. I, I don't think there's any more room in the hall for people. but um, And then tomorrow night I'll be kicking off the great alliance between Seattle University and the organizational systems. What does OSR stand for? That's the program you were in. Uh, Antioch. The Antioch program. That's right. Yeah, it will no longer be the Antioch program. It's right. Now. In, in fellowship with Seattle University. So. Isn't that fabulous? Isn't yeah. that isn't that such a demonstration of partnership and collaboration? Right. I mean, that's right. amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah, and it's just the sort of thing we all need to be thinking about. Where can we be more generous, um, and with whom can we collaborate, not compete any longer? Because one of the things that's also certainly driving us apart as a society is our belief that, uh, you know, we have to be in hostile, aggressive relationships with each other in order to get ahead. And so supporting any kind of collaboration for me has become personally very important because I think that's the the only way we'll create, you know, a good future. Well, let's take a short break. Uh, And for those of you that are just tuning in, uh, we're having an amazing conversation with Dr. Margaret Wheatley for uh, many of us who have read her books and have, uh, you know, followed the journey from uh, the best-selling book, Leadership in the New Science, (laughs) love that book, Um, to her her new book, which is Finding Our Way, Leadership for Uncertain Time. You know, we are really honored to have you on the show today, and we'd like to invite you all in to the conversation today. And the way that we do that is by opening up our phone lines and having you call in and uh, ask your questions and uh, comment and share your stories. You know, what what is happening in your life? What are you doing to bring people together? Uh, the number to call in is 425-373-5527, 425-373-5527, or one triple eight two nine eight fifty five sixty nine. That's one triple eight two nine eight fifty five sixty nine. And since I'm plugged in today, you can send an email to me at live at crustbusting dot com. And uh, Dr. Wheatley, now this book is available everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> yes. That's right. Okay, great. Let's take a short break. When we come back, more about the book, more about the journey, and, you know, we'd love to hear from you. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, and... Producer Benny. And you are listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life. We're here Monday through Friday, 11 to noon, and we are here to help you thrive in 05. We'll be right back. Sail away and find tranquility. 
Welcome back, everyone. And, yep, this is me, Dr. Pat Basile, and amazing producer. Benny Mathers, and thank you, Pat. Special guest today, uh, Meg Wheatley, Dr. Margaret Wheatley. Uh, But I want to read something from the book. I mean, we're talking about her new book, and we're talking about many other things. But the new book that's coming out is called, that's out, is Finding Our Way, Leadership for an Uncertain Time. And I was really struck in reading the back of the book. And and I want to just read this, because I love when life invites us to a profound experience that will up-level wherever we are, from wherever we are. Here we go. An invitation. There is a simpler, finer way to organize human endeavor. I have declared this for many years and have seen it to be true in many places. The simpler way is demonstrated to us in daily life, not by the life we see in the news with its unending stories of human grief and horror, but what we feel when we experience a sense of life's deep harmony, beauty, and power, of how we feel when we see people helping each other, when we feel creative, when we know we're making a difference, when life feels purposeful. That got my attention, Dr. Wheatley. (laughs) I'm glad it did. It's you know you can read a lot of books that say this in a lot of you know a lot of ways. This is the first that I've seen where it sums up for each and every one of us, you know what we get to choose in this moment, and you know um, and 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 this book is about inviting us to choice, isn't it? Yes, and inviting us to notice what's going on and inviting us to notice what we care about and how we are reacting to and being changed by this time. You know, that piece about that you read raises the question, like, what do each of us really think about the others, you know? Yeah. What, what are the views and behaviors that are forming in us um, around how much we trust each other, how much we're willing to rely on Mm -hmm. others, Mm -hmm. how much we believe other people are as creative or as generous or as loving or caring as we want to be. Because when you read that section about, you know, the TV news, we really have to notice the kind of images that we're being bombarded with. And they're images of greed and corruption and deceit, um, you know, and and really the worst of human nature, aggression. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's got to have an impact on us, you know. And I think it can be very subtle, and we may not even notice that we've become less trusting. We may not even notice that we're more fearful, um, and we don't like being with, you know, strangers now. Um, We just have to notice how these times are showing up in us. And I think that the real choice we have to make is whether we're going to choose to rely on human goodness, whether we're going to choose to trust other people, Mm. and whether we're going to choose to be someone who's open and vulnerable and generous and caring. Mm. Whether we're going to trust or not. Yeah. Oh, well, we have a caller who, you know, would love to join us right now. I think it's Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Welcome to the show. Yes. Thank you. Now, um, do you have a question or comment? Yes, I, I have a question. All right. Uh, because constructive uh, activism is now more important than ever, what suggestions do you have for activists who work constructively together versus what can actually happen a lot of times? fighting and demeaning among each other and then wasting valuable energy. You you know, I think this is one of the great dilemmas of our time is that we come together and we really want to be successful for whatever cause or purpose that has, you know, brought us together, but we don't know how to get out of the old patterns of uh, distrust and jealousy and competitiveness. And I was just with a wonderful woman who's one of my really respected elders, and she was saying that the great dilemma right now is just this, that people are searching for the collective, but they're only doing it through their individuality. And it's a question, I think, that we have to raise when we're in a group. Is like, 
is everybody is anybody happy with the dynamics that have shown up? I mean, we can expect that we're going to be competitive and backbiting and gossiping because that's just how we've been conditioned. But until we raise that to the surface and and actually have a conversation about, well, how do we want to be together? What are the kinds of behaviors we expect from each other? And let's work together to learn how to be non-competitive. Let's work together to learn how to um, feel generous and, and uh, take pride in anybody's success, not just my own. But see, we, don't pay, we think we don't have time to pay attention to those kinds of issues because the, the big cause, any cause these days, is overwhelming in its requirements. And we have to do something Fast. I mean, I've worked with a number of environmental groups, and um, the issues coming at us from, you know, Congress and the President and the environment itself are overwhelming, and they demand immediate action. But we don't know how to work well together. Mm. We still get into, you know, infighting and backbiting and, and competitive behavior. And we think, well, we don't have time to stop and look at those behaviors because the environment is deteriorating um, in front of us. So it's, 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 I have found in my own experience that when we do take time to stop and figure out, okay, how is it we want to be together? How is it we want to work together? What are some of the behaviors we want to see? And then we spend time working on those and learning about how to be better colleagues. Um, When we take that time, we actually become very effective in addressing the issues as well, you know, the overarching cause that brought us together. But I find that most people get locked in these old patterns and they don't feel that we can take the time to address them. It's a real problem. Hmm. Nancy, yes, are you uh, are are you active in organizing, uh, bringing people together? I'm, uh, I yes. Great, and you know, what are you finding in your journey in bringing people together? What what's showing up? It usually that that difficulty of getting getting beyond the patterns where people will uh, they're so passionate about what they're doing that they dis, the their frustration will get directed at their associates and colleagues versus, you know, directing it towards the cause at hand, and sometimes they can become overwhelmed by that cause, just as she was saying. And, but, uh, you know, if you can, if that can stay clear, people can be very, very effective because, you know, it's, it just takes those small groups who can be very dynamic to make great change if they can work effectively together. And it just can get overwhelming when people get caught up in, especially when the, People have a lot of lawyers in their group. Sometimes they can be very <laughs> right. effective. They love to argue. <laughs> mm. um, but it, I wish there was a, a book. If you have any suggestions on a book or a, any upcoming seminar that might address some of this, it would be great. And I can get everybody I know who's in these areas to attend it. I think you have a book, Dr. Wheatley. Well, I, I also could just send you to my website where there's a specific article um, and you can download these for free. The article is also in the book, but you could just pull it off the web. And it, it it's, okay. It's something. The title is, I think, uh, "Solving Problems Free from Aggression" or um, "Transforming Aggression into Creativity." Mm-hmm. I, I kept changing the title, <laughs> and that's also out in this um, season's Leader to Leader magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would also recommend quite highly the work of Bill Urey. Bill uh, Urey? Y, I mean, U-R-Y. U-R-Y? Who, be- who began with the Harvard Negotiation mm. Project and mm-hmm. has really refined um, the, the processes by which people can... His first book was called Getting to Yes. Yes, oh, that's yes, right. That's right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. But he's gone on since then, and it's very fine work, very helpful. Uh, Thank you. 
Dr. Yes. Pat, can you repeat the article? She said, I'm having difficulty hearing. Sure. Uh, the article is, uh, I believe it's from Getting from Aggression Through Creativity or something like that. It's transforming, transforming Aggression that's into a, That's a section, section in the book as well, I believe. But, in a new book? Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and you can, there, if you go to the website, www.margaretwheatley.com, okay. there are just amazing things there. Okay. And so. that would be one of them. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, congratulations on the work that you're doing. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Wow. Um, You know, this idea of getting groups together and getting people together, I mean, I guess if we were meant to be alone, we would each have our own planet, wouldn't we? Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think I feel like I'm, you know, like on my own planet. Um, a lot of us feel that way. Often, don't you think? So. You know, I mean, I, I, I go back and I think about you and I were chatting during the break about some of the things that we've been called, and and this is important because what we're asking folks to do, the invitation in the book, as well as what we're talking about today, is really an invitation to step out, and you know, be courageous. In a lot of ways. And, you know, uh, and and I think that for you and for me, we have experienced that and we have heard, you know, words and language and things people would say. We we really do need to surround ourselves with people that will support our vision, don't we? We absolutely must. I get a lot of people who say, well, you know, you're just preaching to the choir, And my retort to that is, thank goodness, I only want to be preaching to the choir right now. (laughs) Because those of us, and we are a minority, and we will always be a minority. I mean, people who see the future first or who want a more beneficial future, more hopeful future that serves more people on the planet, we are a minority, and, and we just have to accept that. And my whole view about wanting only to preach to the choir is that I want to strengthen our voices. I want to strengthen our confidence in what we're singing um, so that we will not falter and we won't just go silent. Um, So we all need to be in very supportive relationships with with the other weird people. Yes, you've been called that. Who are dreaming these dreams. And um, let me offer a Mm -hmm. little bit by Rilke, it's a, a phrase from his book, Letters to a Young Poet, which I've used with a lot of uh, people who are no longer frightened and who are acting courageously. And Rilke, who wrote this 100 years ago, is a German poet, Rainer Maria Rilke. He said, you must give birth to your images, for they are the future waiting to be born. Fear not the strangeness that you feel, the future must enter you long before it happens. Mm. And everyone that I work with feels strange. (laughs) And it's one of the ways we can disempower ourselves is to think that being called strange is a negative. I know. In fact, when you're in a culture that's going crazy, if somebody calls you a lunatic, then that's a compliment because you're not participating in the general insanity of the culture. And so those of us who are giving birth to the future with these images that are coming to us um, have to accept the fact that we will feel strange, we will feel lonely, but there are millions of us out there around the world, other people in the most destitute of conditions who are being given images of how things could be better for more people. And so we have to find each other. And then when we find each other is when we pull out our music sheets. We're the choir. We found the choir. Mm-hmm. And we just practice together. You know, we support each other. We help each other past the terrible moments when you get criticized and told you're, you're, you know, you're of no value. I know. I mean, we just yeah. have to expect this because, you know, most revolutionaries, and we are revolutionaries, mm-hmm. we want something very different. Most revolutionaries don't look for approval. I mean, they actually take disapproval as a measure of their success, you know. You don't want those in power to tell you you're great because you're actually challenging their power. (laughs) So uh, we just have to get past our fear of being criticized. And I speak very personally about this. It was a huge 
obstacle to me for many years. I hated to be criticized. And since I was a consultant, as a consultant, you learn how to please, you know. Uh, you get into some pretty codependent relationships with clients and you just want to please them so they'll keep paying you. And that's a big burden. And uh, when I switched my own job title from consultant to uh, radical, <laughs> it, it just freed me up, you know. I knew not to expect to be loved by everyone, but to just want to find the, the choir. Isn't that, uh, isn't that a, a very, very key step in finding, leading ourselves, let me say? You know what I'm saying? We're talking about leadership for an uncertain time. Doesn't the, isn't this an inside job as well? I mean, isn't this an inside oh, job for us? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you know, there really isn't in other cultures. There's not necessarily this distinction between inner and outer. <laughs> right. So we're just suffering from that. And all change does begin with the self. And once you develop confidence in yourself, once you understand that the future is speaking to you, that you see things that other people need to see but can't. I mean, once you do all that work and trust yourself, then it's so much easier to just say what needs to be said. Thank you. For those of you that are listening uh, and would like to know more about how you might connect with Dr. Wheatley uh, this weekend, this well, actually tomorrow, um, go to the website www.margaretwheatley.com. But I will let you know that um, you're filled up tonight, I believe, at St. Mark's Cathedral. Yes. I think you're pretty, you know, that's that's uh, um, that event is, is sold out pretty much or booked completely. But tomorrow, I believe you will be um, at uh, Seattle REI Meeting Room. Uh, and uh, that that's where you will have a book signing as well, a book event there. And you can go to the website and find out how to, um, you know, become involved and show uh, and to participate in this event. And again, it's www.margaretwheatley.com. And you'll be in town for tonight and uh, tomorrow. And uh, thank you. In parting, what message do you want to leave for all of us? Well, I would just ask all of us to notice what images are coming into our vision. You know, what are the things that we long for or dream for? And realize that those are not individual visions. Those are actually images that are coming from the future. And they're appearing in many of us. And if you're so fortunate to be given this sense of how things should change and how things could be different, um, that there are many more people like you and that it's really important to find each other. Thank you so much for joining the show today, and hopefully I'll be able to catch up with you tomorrow. Uh, and, you know, thank you for coming to Seattle. It's always a blessing to have you and in town. And to for me, I'm very, very grateful that I was able to have this time with you on the radio and that you were able to be here for the tens of thousands of listeners that we have on this station, which is an alternative station, by the way. And in many uh, places, uh, KKNW would be, like one person might say, weird. But we're not. We're here. We're giving you positive programming. And that's the way it's going to stay. Thank you, Dr. Wheatley. I'll let you catch your plane now and hopefully see you soon. Thank you so much. thank you very much, Pat. Uh, And for those of you that are listening, I'm going to be continuing to give out more information about the book. As a matter of fact, I will be reading uh, from the book over the next couple of weeks. We didn't get to do that today, but a little bit. I invite you to find out how you might get a copy of this book, uh, which is called Finding our way leadership for an uncertain time and again this was today's show is with uh, Meg Wheatley and you know uh, uh, you know for me uh, I was introduced to her work through leadership in the new science as a matter of fact I uh, City University teaches a class that I help them develop which is um, leadership in the 21st century and um, they feature that this particular book in that in that and uh, in that class and and for those of you that are have any any questions, uh, you can certainly connect through www.margaretwheatley.com and find out about all the great things that are on this website and, uh, and, and really get to this place where you decide if, you know, what do you, you want to do? Where are you going with your life? 
are you acting in courage or is your mind coming into play are you getting that dialogue that analysis have you done like i just said the pro and the cons list and have been inundating yourself with you know analysis paralysis kinds of things or do you want to get out in the world and you know take that step to live life full out that's what crust busting is about that's what we're here to help you with and uh that's why i do this show now tomorrow we will have with us uh T. Harv Ecker, he will be on the show. He's got a new book out, and we'll be talking with him and finding out what uh, upcoming events he has going on in Seattle. We've got a lot of things going on in Seattle. I want to also mention that on March uh, 18th, Benny and I will be doing our show live from the Northwest Women's Show in Seattle, 11 o'clock from the Discover You stage. And my guest for that day, in person, on stage with us, is Val John Farrah. Oh, it's going to be a great time. Look out, look out, look out. We're going to be three bubbly heads all running around the stage. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to need a, like a wireless mic for sure. It's going to be great. To track something down. You're going to have to hook us up. Man, I, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll and try to get her done. That's it. And then for Saturday, I'm doing a half hour seminar on the stage at 1.30. Again, Discover You. And Discover You has their own stage. They're going to be having lots of events going on there. And, you know, come by and see us. We'll be having our crust-busting table right there, close by. And we're getting ready for a fabulous show. You know what I just thought of when you just said that? You should have, like, some crust actually around the table. We have that. Oh. Well, I just didn't see it last time, It's then. usually mine. Oh! Ah! No. <laughs> I think it'd be kind of a nice little accent to the table. I actually have something that represents crust. I oh, use it in go. my workshops. Okay. I, I do. Oh. And I want to announce in this last minute, we have new office space we're moving into. <gasps> Congratulations. It's big enough that I can continue to do my one-on-one life coaching. I call it success coaching with people. But in addition to that, we can have exactly in the, in the spirit of Meg Wheatley, we will be able to do crust-busting wisdom circles. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Yep. And that'll be all, you know, we talk about it on the website and all of that stuff. So tomorrow, come on, join us, lighten up the airwaves again. T. Harv Eckert, Millionaire Mind, Mr. Millionaire. Definitely, literally, Mr. Yeah, literally, Millionaire. Literally. Um, but the messages he has for us tomorrow are about getting in touch with that place within that stops us from living our dream and having the prosperity we want in our lives. That's what we're going to bust through tomorrow. Thank you all. Take care. Have a great day. See you tomorrow, Mr. Benny. All right. And thank you to Dr. Meg Wheatley. Views expressed on the preceding program are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW Seattle.